So as the events in the Middle East continue, what exactly is Israel up against with Hamas as it does battle in Gaza? And Kobe Michael joins us, a senior researcher at INSS and editor-in-chief of Strategic Assessment, an expert on affairs in that part of the world. Kobe, thank you for taking some time to talk to us. Hi, my pleasure. So uh, you wrote a piece, uh, not or, or part of a piece, an interview not too long ago, in which you pointed out that by going into Gaza and perhaps leveling much of the country trying to get at Hamas, Israel actually is sort of doing what Hamas wants it to do. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, yes. I mean, um, Hamas uh, knows and knew that... Uh, that uh, after such a such an operation, uh, Israel uh, will be forced to enter uh, with ground forces to the Gaza Strip in order to uh, to tackle and to destroy uh, the underground infrastructure in the Gaza Strip, and um, they prepare themselves for uh, such an uh, an incursion, and uh, they uh, prepared a lot of traps, and uh, they are. Uh, uh, well defended in uh, the underground of Gaza, which is built of uh, hundreds of kilometers of uh, tunnels that they built since uh, 2014, and um, uh, we have um, we have to to find the the right way and the accurate intelligence in order to surprise them, not to play to their hands, not to fall to the traps that they prepared in advance and to eliminate them, to destroy them. So along those lines, and you mentioned surprise, with all the time that is passing here between the initial attack by Hamas, and I imagine they were already braced for an immediate Israeli response, and now it's been closer to two weeks, uh, maybe longer than that before they actually begin, is Israel giving Hamas a chance to fortify itself even more, so making their job if they go in that much tougher? No, they are not able to fortify themselves uh, further or more because they are under the ground now. They prepare themselves for a long staying under the ground uh, with uh, all the fuel and the food and the water and the weapon and whatever you want. Uh, they have a, they have a full uh, control system and operational rooms uh, under the ground. They launch the rockets under the ground. But we have to remember that uh, it's not such a pleasant uh, experience to be under the ground for uh, almost two weeks. And uh, we are exhausting them. And each day uh, that uh, is added to, uh, to the war and they are under the ground, they are more exhaust- exhausted, they are weaker, and uh, we are much fresher than them. And it will be easier for us to uh, to reach them and to uh, eventually to uh, to destroy yeah. these uh, underground infrastructures. Now, you mentioned intelligence before, and obviously Israel relies deeply on intelligence to know where Hamas uh, leaders and, and officials and militants are as they mix and mingle with the general population, especially when they you know, hide at schools and hospitals and other things like that. How, with the failure of the intelligence to see this attack coming, and I think even Israelis call it a failure, how confident is Israel that they know where 
the people that they're targeting actually are and how are they getting that intelligence? It's hard to imagine that double agents or people like that are, are somehow safe there in Gaza now, you know, giving back intelligence. So, so give us an idea of how the intelligence is working right now. First of all, uh, we faced uh, a huge catastrophic um, intelligence failure and we uh, failed to, to provide the early warning about uh, this attack. There is no any doubt about it and this will be investigated in a very strict and deep manner in the day after the war and the lessons will be drawn. Um, but uh, it doesn't mean that Israel doesn't have uh, intelligence capacities in the highest level in the world. And we have many resources, not only agents. I mean, uh, there are plenty of resources. Uh, and this is uh, the, the, the most frustrating issue because it's, very, um, it, it's a huge paradox that uh, on the one hand, we have such an accurate intelligence uh, that the Gaza Strip uh, is um, controlled from the intelligence point of view in a, in a very, very uh, broad manner and deep manner. And we fail to provide the early warning, and uh, there is a huge question how it how it comes. But um, we don't have, uh, I would say, uh, any shortage of uh, accurate intelligence with regard to the to, to Hamas and with regard to targets and with regard to the to the ground forces operation that uh, will come sooner than later. But in the very same time, and we are going to uh, we are going to translate this intelligence to. Uh, to, to military operation, and the end result will be the destruction of Hamas and, uh, and the, its leadership. But uh, we have to take in the very same time into consideration uh, the fact that uh, they will be able, I mean, they Hamas, okay, they will be able to, to, to penetrate and to infiltrate between the civilian population and to run away. Uh, most of them will not succeed in doing that. Uh, those who will succeed will find their death uh, later on. And I assume that uh, some of them will remain uh, in life if even after the war. And uh, we will have to run after them after the war until we will eliminate uh, all of them. Uh, this is, by the way, what Israel did uh, after the massacre in the Munich uh, Olympic Games in 1972. Uh, and uh, the last uh, Palestinian terrorist that was involved in this massacre uh, in 1972 was killed only in 1993, 21 years after. Hmm. Uh, so we have a very long memory. We don't forget and we are very determined. Hamas will not exist as a political and military uh, player after this war. So who, who will then run Gaza? I don't care. Actually, uh, this, is not, uh, this is not the issue that we are concentrated on right now. We have to be very focused, very determined uh, in eliminating Hamas. And in the day after the war, uh, I assume that uh, there will be a sort of an evolutionary model or process where we will begin uh, with one model and we will end with a, with a different model. Uh, I assume that uh, under the current circumstances, or for the time being, the less worst option is the returning of the Palestinian Authority to the Gaza Strip in order to, to control effectively the territory and the population. But uh, unfortunately, it cannot be done in the first stage of this process because, first of all, the Palestinian Authority is not capable. The Palestinian Authority is not capable to rule effectively the West Bank. 
the Gaza Strip is a much more complicated zone, and, uh, and therefore they are not capable. And secondly, uh, they will not uh, be willing to, to enter to the Gaza Strip on the swords of the IDF. They will be perceived uh, by, the, by the local constituency as, uh, as uh, collaborators with, uh, with the IDF, and therefore it will take some time. Um, I even, uh, I'm not sure that uh, at the end of the day the Palestinian Authority will return to the Gaza Strip, but I can assure you one thing. Uh, whatever will be the, the model there in the day after the war uh, with regard to the Gaza Strip, one thing will be kept very strictly. The freedom of military action for Israel exactly as we have in the West Bank. What we used to have will not be anymore. It means that Israel will have all the freedom to eliminate any trial of Hamas or the Palestinian Islamic Jihad to recover themselves after the war. It means that once we, um, we, we have an indication about any trial to build any military capacity to do something, we are going in and eliminating it, exactly as we are doing in the West Bank. If we will not be able doing that, we are going to meet the second version of Hamas in a very short period of time. And therefore, in any model that will exist in the Gaza Strip in the day after the war, this will be uh, a very strict condition that Israel will made. And uh, this will be the situation. This is going to be the reality. We have to understand, and we, I mean, the entire free world, the entire civilized world, that we are going to a different phase. What we used to know will not exist anymore. We are talking here not about a war between Israel and Hamas only. We are talking about a war between the free Western world, the civilized world, and the barbaric, brutal, murderer um, axis of evil that Hamas is one component of it, and it's led by Iran and fully supported by Russia and China. And therefore, what happens here in this region will project directly and immediately on the other regions uh, in, the, in the world, be it uh, Ukraine or uh, the, the southern uh, Chinese Sea. Yeah. Last, and, last, and, uh, let me pose one more question to you because we're running out of time. But I do want to ask you, in light of the things that happened yesterday, this hospital attack and what took place there, uh, with your, you know, being a former intelligence officer and being involved in this, can you say with confidence that it was indeed an Islamic Jihad uh, missile that went off there in front of that hospital? And if so, what keeps the next time um, another missile goes away, uh, or maybe even intentionally is fired, from the exact same thing happening and the immediate blame of Israel? First of all, this is not the first time that such a thing is happening. It happened in each violent cycle in the Gaza Strip since 2008. Um, they produce their rockets and mainly uh, uh, the, 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 the quality of production of the rockets of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad uh, is, is uh, in a much lower level than the, the production of uh, Hamas. And, uh, and uh, there are failures and rockets are falling on the heads of Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. This is not the first time and it, it is not going to be the, the last time. But uh, the idea that the international media 
not all of it, but most of it, immediately uh, adapts the, the, the version of Hamas and, uh, and uh, relate to Hamas as if Hamas is a reliable source uh, and trying to, to, to create a sort of a symmetry between Israel and Hamas, okay? Uh, and immediately blaming Israel, it's something that cannot be tolerated anymore. Uh, and I think that the international media actually does not understand its responsibility and does not understand its contribution to the escalation of the situation because people in the Arab world and people in some other places in the world are, um, are going out to the streets and, uh, and are going to, to look for Jews and are going for a very violent demonstrations that just because they, they heard or they see in the BBC or in some other reliable um, uh, international, uh, international media or international uh, media sources that Israel okay, bombard the hospital. Uh, I, I was interviewed to, uh, to, uh, to the Sky News, the Australian Sky News, five minutes maybe after the, the first uh, information has arrived. And I told them uh, that I'm 90% sure that this is not an Israeli bombarding. It cannot be. First of all, because Israel doesn't target hospitals. Secondly, this is not the way that Israel is bombarding the targets. Thirdly, uh, 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 the, the, the figures that, I, that are provided by, by Hamas are exaggerated. And fourthly, things like that happened many times before. And fifthly, this is exactly the outcome of the very cynical and brutal strategy of Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad that use, both of them use civilian facilities and their civilians as human shields. And this is exactly that, what they want to cause. They want to bring the international media to blame immediately Israel about causing these uh, casualties and damages. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, in many times, they are succeeding in doing that because of the irresponsibility of the international media. Kobe Michael has uh, been our guest here. I thank you for your time and your insight. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. It's 760 WJR.